The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code ROSS only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. I bring it every single day on all of the shows. We are exactly one week away from being daily, Monday through Friday, your 30 minutes of football fill. You get everything you need to know about the National Football League in 30 minutes or less from the perspective of a former player who covers this game all day, every day. It's what I do. We already did the college draft podcast this morning with Emery Hunt to get you ready for the biggest games in college football this weekend. Georgia against Oregon, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Utah, Florida, Make sure you're checking out, subscribe to the College Draft Podcast. We also have, I think, one of the best guys out there in terms of pro football analysts today. Dan Orlovsky is on today's show. Uh, should be noted, by the way, actually, because of Dan's schedule this morning and my schedule over the weekend, we actually ended up recording with Dan Friday. Um, so it's interesting. You know, He talked about how he felt like the Seahawks wanted Drew Locke to start. And then that night, Drew Locke played really poorly. So Geno Smith's the starter. So, um, But he knew that that was a possibility. He just thinks deep down they kind of want to see what Drew Locke has, almost like they know what Geno Smith has. It's a new week, so here's what you need to know. We're giving away Maddens. I am giving away Madden codes. Primarily going to be, though, on social media. So make sure you're following me. On Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL because you never know where I'm going to announce that we are giving away a Madden code. That's the key. In that way, you get a free Madden. You can always, by the way, be the spread the word winner via social media. All you have to do is quote, tweet, retweet, Instagram like, Facebook love. I mean, it's really easy to win that contest. Sponsor confirmation email winner takes advantage of any of the sponsors you hear me talk about on the show, like Symbol or Athletic Greens or Today, Simply Safe. And then the YouTube shout out. Love getting new YouTube subscribers. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL as we get more and better and funnier videos up there for you guys, like some of the ones from me calling the Eagles preseason games that I know have cracked people up 
over over the the last few weeks or so. At any rate, a lot going on. But man, I'm a big fan of Dan Orlovsky. That's why he is today's big show. The big show. As promised, happy to be joined by my buddy Dan Orlovsky. One of the voices, I guess I can say now, of Monday Night Football. I've seen you on a couple times in the preseason. That just sounds awesome, doesn't it? You should like wear a T-shirt or something that says that. Uh, I was talking to my wife when I came home the other day, being like, it still feels very surreal, you know, like because the second uh, preseason game was actually on Monday. The first was on Thursday. So uh, it's wild, man. It's wild, but it's it's absolutely awesome. So what's the deal? So basically anytime ESPN has two games and there's yeah. a few instances, you you guys get the other game. Yeah, we have like four games this year, and then next year it jumps to like nine. There's going to be some on like ABC as well um, as the years come. Like we have week two because that's the Monday night doubleheader. We have the, the, the Titans in Buffalo for week two, cause, so that's going to be absolutely unreal. We have like week 12 or something, which is Jacksonville and Denver in London for an early morning game. And then we have week 18, which will probably be like one of those Saturday games. Um and that's uh, it, it, they don't know the opponent, obviously, but it has to has like playoff ramifications. That game has to mean something, and then the Super Bowl. So it's uh, four this year, and like eight or nine the next two years. Wow, eight or nine the next two years is amazing. Um, yeah. I I will be in Buffalo for that first Monday night game as well. Yeah, I'm doing that game for Westwood One on the radio. Should be so, a good so time. I will be there, and oh, that will be incredible. That yeah. will be incredible. And you're still doing college football, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a Labor Day weekend, which is week one. Um, I have uh, Utah at Florida to open the season. So that'll be – that's also a sick game. So it uh, it's a fun fall so far. Awesome. I love it. Um, and I love following you on Twitter, at Dan Orlovsky, because just so much good information there, which is some of the things I want to ask you about. You express concerns with the Patriots' offense – like a long time ago, I remember. Yeah. And look, it's still just preseason, but that has sort of manifested itself. Where did that come from, Dan, when you first said, I don't know about the Patriots offense this year? I think the honest part is I've been around good play callers and I've been around bad play callers. You know, that's just the truth. And, and I've been the kid or the guy in the with the helmet on, on the field, getting the good play call in and feeling and seeing – what the, the the ease of when a good play call happens or or a good rhythm of a play call happens or or a good um, a way that a, a good play caller gets you into a good spot. And then I've been that same person with a play caller that's literally just calling plays. Hey, we have this plan, our game plan this week. We're just going to throw it against the wall and see, let's see if it works in this moment. And I've seen how hard it is when they do that. And um, you know, when the reports were out that they weren't going to name a guy or it wasn't going to be a guy that had a history of it, I'm like, dude, that's a big deal. And I think that the simplest way I've said it is, Ross, is like building a game plan is a science. It is observable. It is repeatable. I mean, listen, you only get so many fronts and coverages in football. Hey, versus this front, we want to do this stuff. Versus this coverage, we want to do it this way. And then Calling that play or tweaking that player at the right time is an art. It's a feel. It's a, it's a, you know, you're 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 seeing how they're doing something and you're trying to get ahead of it. So, that it's been a big concern of mine. Um, I know it's just a preseason, so we'll see. But 
it's it, that's not a good situation for any quarterback, let alone a young one. Yeah, and they're going, as you said, from a guy in Josh McDaniels who had been doing it for a long time, who was very intentional in how he did it, and who was really good at it, to I don't think we really know. I think most people seem to think when the season comes, it might just be Belichick doing it, but it's a, it's an interesting experiment to to yeah. have either Patricia or Judge. You know, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but when I was with the Patriots in 05 and 06, Patricia was the assistant offensive line coach. So that's sort of how Belichick does it, is he usually, like, I guess if he thinks he's going to have Patricia maybe be on the defensive side of the ball someday, he starts him on O-line for a year right. or two so that right. when he's a D coordinator – he has a great feel for protection and what the offense is trying to do. He really likes having guys whose expertise on one side of the ball flipping them because, yeah. you know, who knows better how to attack. So the thought, I think, is that Patricia is such a defensive guy that he should know as an offensive play caller how to throw a defensive coordinator off. And, and I agree with that sentiment, but that's where – like that's where I fall into the the theory or the belief that it's a science. Like, hey, building the game plan. Like, I'm I'm not sitting here debating if Matt Patricia or Joe Judge can't build a plan or know how to hurt a defense because it's math or whatever. I'm with that. It's just calling it in the moment. It's funny because when Mac Jones was drafted New England. One of the things that everyone said was such a good thing was, well, he's hit the perfect spot because he's got this guy, Josh McDaniels. Now Josh isn't there, and everyone's like, it's still okay. I'm like, well, how how can you be the same person that says this but not believe this? So um, it's a big challenge. And and now that Thornton's out with the the collarbone injury, they're lacking speed downfield. Like it's a their offensive line has not looked good in the preseason. Like it's a it's a big challenge right now. So I like to ask people about teams that they've called recently or studied because you put a lot of time into it, right? And yeah. you did a Seahawks game recently. What a bummer for Drew Locke. I mean, he's going to start the game, huge opportunity. He gets COVID, he can't do it. What did you sort of glean from Seattle, from Geno Smith, Drew Locke? Should yeah. they get Jimmy G? I think I saw either you say somewhere or you tweet that, you think they want Drew Locke to start, but yet everything yeah. we've seen seems to be Geno. I just get the feeling that the organization wants Drew Locke to start. I feel that just hearing them talk about the competition or whatever, that they're intrigued by his talent, that they've probably always been intrigued since college by his talent. I think there's a little bit of the known with Geno, like Geno's a good player, and they know that. I think they also know where they are as a roster. They're being honest about where they are as an organization. Not that they're going to like like be this historically bad team, but I really believe that they believe, like are saying this is a year for us to restock, so to speak, and recharge, and then we go again. Um, I thought Gino, the times that we saw them, was far superior in his performance than Drew. Now it obviously comes out that Drew was not feeling well, but – there was a moment, Ross, in the practice where Gino throws a touchdown pass, and it was a really nice play, like great move in the pocket. Um, he throws the ball exactly where a guy needs it for a touchdown, and I watched Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf instantaneously go up to him like they would have with Russell Wilson, it felt like. You know, like that. that's our guy. That's the guy. And then Drew, 
an hour later throws a relatively poor interception and there wasn't much of that interaction. And I feel like they certainly gravitate. Now I know the plays are very different, right? But like they, they it felt like they gravitated towards Gino. I thought Gino threw the ball better. He has, and if you, you know this better than anybody, like they're going to start two rookie tackles likely. I would want a guy that's a 10 year veteran for those rookie tackles that can help them that to, with cadence, with body language, with the difficulties, right? The rigor. So, um, I would start Geno Smith, but it just feels like they want Drew because the intrigue of his talent. Um, their draft class looks really good. You know, I, I would not get Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy G closes them to the San Francisco 49ers or the, or the Los Angeles Rams. And I just don't think that he's going to close that gap to them, given where their talent is. Talk to me about the Falcons, both Mariota and Desmond Ritter, because I know you did their game against the Jets on Monday night. Uh, a little bit more uh, high on the Falcons than probably the national media. So many close wins last year, um, but such an infusion of, of some of their young talent. Um, you know, there's a reason why they take a $40 million dead cap hit because they know where they are as well. And, and, and they know what, where their talent level is. I think Marcus it w- was really impressive in the regards of just trying to appreciate um, what his journey has been um, and, Listen, Arthur Smith, their head coach, man, is an absolute superstar as far as knowing how to design plans and then dialing up plays. I think that offense is going to look very college I think it's going to look very different than it did with Matt Ryan last year. They will use Marcus's skill set of athleticism, moving him out of the pocket, quarterback run, throwing on the move, changing all the places he's going to throw from. So he's thrown it well. I think the most impressive thing to me was how quickly the ball was coming out of his hands. I mean, that ball was coming out before receivers were ready for it. And, you know, they, they've, they've got some talent on the outside that, that's big. Um, but I, I was impressed with Marcus and his mindset. I'm a Desmond Ritter guy. I think Ritter's got a chance to be a really good pro, man. I think this dude, um, because of his maturity, his uh, – uh, football, like ability to own the line of scrimmage and know what the problem is and know what the answer is. Ross, the most telling thing or most shocking thing to me was Matt called five of his games at Cincy, maybe three or four in the last year. His arm is 20% stronger. He was throwing the snot out of the football. And I was like, dang, Desmond, like you're ripping the ball right now. Um, really, really aware of what he's seeing and looking at. So, it's Marcus's job. There's no question about it. But I think they they got to feel really good about the future of Desmond Ritter. I, the, they're gonna they're gonna be in competitive in games, man. They got some size on the outside. Um, they're gonna be competitive in games in December. So uh, the other team that night was the Jets, and um, here's my concern, and I wanted to get your thoughts about this. So obviously Zach Wilson got hurt. I called that game against the Eagles. Right. And he overthrew one receiver by like five yards. He grooved the pick or he telegraphed it right to Kaiser White. Then he gets hurt. You know, um, Dan, I don't know when they put him back in. I mean, he's going to have missed a lot of time, a lot of reps. They're already doing the thing where it's like, well, when he's 100%, but in my experience, that 100% is very much a sliding scale based on how well Flacco and the team will be playing. Like, if they're 3-0, and uh, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be 100% yet. Totally agree with you, man. Um, I was as 
angry and disappointed with a first game performance by a quarterback, his more than anybody. That first throw he misses to Garrett Wilson was the exact issue of last year. You know, like, I, here's a layup. You know it. Layups in the NFL aren't often. Here's a layup. You throw this ball from me to this hotel room door, and we're going to get 12 yards. But you miss them. And then the interception is the exact problem of last year, that you're trying to be too cute with your eyes. You're trying to run before you ever learn how to crawl. And um, the fact that – and now they said – that he hasn't looked like that all camp. I respect that, but he looked like that in the game. And I was a guy who was like, listen, he's he's going to take a big jump this year because they're talented on offense, man. And, you know, this didn't gain a lot of national steam, but it, it caught my attention in the booth when we were doing the game. Laura Rutledge was interviewing second-year receiver Elijah Moore. And he said, I don't really see a difference between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson when they're in the game. And to me, that was telling. That to me, that was sitting there going, you mean to tell me the guy who's like in his 15th or 16th year is dealing and operating and, and getting you, the, the, the receiver who's explosive, down the ball down the field, just as good as the second-year superstar talented quarterback? Like That to me was going, that guy wants Joe Flacco. Just an assumption of mine. So I agree. I think that this, uh, this unit feels really confident in Joe when you hear them talk about it. I feel like they believe we're talented. The, the upgrade of talent is real. And Joe Flacco is in a good place where he can go operate it. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Because that, that first four games is tough, too. And if they hop out to a 3-0 and start and Joe's playing well, I agree with you. Zach Wilson's got to, like, come on a little bit for me after that first – and I know it's one game, that first game performance. Yeah, and then Garrett Wilson was talking about just raving over how Flacco throws such a catchable ball. And it's just like, you know, when you get it, you know, he takes something off of it. You know, he's a rookie, Dan, so I think he doesn't realize. Yeah, but that's not like a random interview, right? Like that, that you've, you've had those feelings when it comes out like in the flow of, a, you know, answering. Like you've, you've felt that, you've thought that yourself. Right, so I want you to explain that, though. Because that doesn't sound real good for Zach Wilson either, that Garrett Wilson going on and on about how Flacco throws such a catchable ball. Well, I mean, it, so the route is dependent on the type of throw or what's going to make it easier for a receiver. You know, there's moments when guys got to fire a ball. Do you remember last year, Stefan Diggs talking about Josh Allen in the cold weather, and he was like, you got to take a little off it to make it easier for me to catch? You know, there's, there's moments when guys want – I call it put a little love on the football, you know, where – there's just a little touch or a little pace because of the route or, you know, how they're coming out of their break or, um, you know, a back shoulder ball is not a, a fastball getting stepped on, but it's, it's kind of floated back so I can adjust my body and it's an easier catch. The RPMs, it, there, there's certain throws where guys just want maybe a little bit of uh, like a, a softer throw or it's, I can go run to it rather than putting it on my chest right now. And so, it's, it's all about the type of throw that you make rather than, hey, you're open, so I have to throw this Jacob deGrom fastball through your face. <laughs> all right. You got to check him out on Twitter. He's an absolute great follow, at Dan Orlovsky. I'm a big fan. Uh, at Dan Orlovsky 7, actually. At Dan Orlovsky 7, <laughs> which is how many kids he might have. No, he doesn't have that many, but he's got a bunch. Uh, really appreciate the time, man. It'll be fun to see you up in Buffalo. That place is awesome. Yeah, Those we'll are my up. people up there. And uh, have a great season, man.
Thanks, buddy. You too, man. You're the best. So I was away over the weekend, obviously, down in Miami for the Dolphins and the Eagles. It is so nice when you come back to your house and you have Simply Safe and you know that no one was in your house. You know, because every once in a while, you never know, right? You always know your home is safe with 24-7 professional monitoring. Those of you that are longtime listeners, not even long time, I tell you every time about Simply Safe, about the fact that I have had a couple of unfortunate incidents at my home uh, during my life. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. First time we didn't have a security system. Second time we did makes a big, big difference. Huge. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Tucker. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. That's pretty nice. Visit simplysafe.com slash Tucker to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tuck's Takes. Hey, Ross, good morning. Let's start as you already, uh, well, you already previewed it, that the Seahawks will name Geno Smith the week one starter after a poor performance by Drew Locke this weekend. So funny, Brian, because you and I recorded that interview with Dan Orlovsky on Friday before the game that night. But he had been around the team. He had called their second preseason game. He had gotten those vibes. But you can't fool the players. And if Geno Smith has clearly been better, then he's clearly been better. And he should start then as a result. So that that makes perfect sense. After I saw a couple bad throws by Drew Locke, I tweeted Friday night from my hotel room in Miami, your week one starter in Seattle, Geno Smith. Because there was just no way they were going to be able to start Drew Locke after that. Tux takes. Very disturbing news over the weekend came from uh, now former Bills punter, Matt Ariza. He's now facing civil lawsuit uh, for a gang rape of a 17-year-old while at San Diego State last season. I read the uh, the lawsuit, or at least whatever somebody posted online, with some of the details, and can't even really get into it. I know this much: if you're the Buffalo Bills, with the aspirations they have this year, you know, from a strictly football standpoint, which always feels weird to talk about, given how much more significant this issue is. Strictly football standpoint, they cut last year's punter, Matt Hack, who's a good punter for Ariza, and Hack's gone now. He's with the Colts. He's going to be their punter. So now the Bills are scrambling to find a punter. They released Ariza, and this is one where, again, from a football standpoint, the Bills are going to have to do some soul-searching as to 
why they didn't uncover any inkling of this before the draft, why they just found out about this now. Because you, you have to think they didn't find out about it that long ago. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have cut Matt Hack when they did. But the allegations are horrific. Um, and the Bills were trying to find answers. They couldn't get answers. So I think they wanted to eliminate um, Ariza. You know, I always wonder in situations like that, how much of it was because of his behavior and how much of it was because they thought it would be a distraction on the team, and they don't want that, especially not for a punter. Tuck takes. Commanders running back Brian Robinson in stable condition after being shot multiple times in what looks like an apparent carjacking. Absolutely awful. Again, I mean, absolutely awful. Greg was just talking about Brian Robinson being better than Antonio Gibson, potential three down back on Friday, on Friday's Ross Tucker football podcast. And now here we are, get shot multiple times. Man, uh, it just makes you feel awful for Brian. Um, thank goodness that he's okay. Ron Rivera said he's in good spirits. Sounds like it could have been much, much worse. Very, very scary. Tuck takes. Darren Waller uh, fires his agent amidst now uh, an apparent hold-in. Right, so he's been out like the whole camp because of a hamstring injury. But I think this is pretty clearly a hold-in. He wants a new contract before the season starts. Heck, we talked to him about that here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast when he came on, what was that, May maybe? You know, I, I think I'm the one that said to him, you can't possibly play on that contract this year. I think he listened. I think he realizes he needs a new deal. I don't blame him. Tucks takes. All right, let's get to some of the injuries, including TJ Watt, Deontay Johnson, and Saints first-round pick Trevor Penning, who had a torn ligament in his foot. So it sounds like the Deontay Johnson and TJ Watt injuries are not serious, but it's not good to get maybe your most important offensive player and clearly your team's best player, to get both of them dinged up in some way going into week one, even if they can play, that's not a good thing. They're going to miss some time of practice, you would imagine. They're going to be less than 100%. It's a a real negative in my mind. By the way, prediction, they will end up changing the rule on that split zone cut from the tight ends now that Thibodeau and TJ Watt both got hurt. That's my prediction there. As for Trevor Penning, he wasn't going to beat out Hirsch for that starting left tackle job for the week one. I think eventually maybe he would have been in there, but now it might be a lost season for Penning with this torn ligament. It's a shame. Tucks takes. All right, now that the preseason is done, anything else, uh, any overall thoughts that you uh, want to address here? Well, not really overall. I guess it's just as much as some of the things are from over the weekend I thought that jumped out. This Lance McCutcheon from the Rams, the wide receiver, I called his FCS championship game uh, for Montana State against North Dakota State. He is good. I'm not surprised he's making this many plays for the Rams. Not surprised at all. 
Denzel Mims had a big game yesterday for the Jets after his trade request. It's almost like the Jets were featuring him to try to get more in return, and he showed he can make plays at this level. And then Demarcus Robinson had a huge first game for the Ravens, which is encouraging. They obviously wanted to get him a bunch of reps in their offense to get him ready for the regular season. And even Sam Howe from the Commanders, I thought, did a lot of really positive things again uh, down there in Washington. That's one to watch if Wentz struggles. Do they put in Heineke, which they kind of already know what he is, or do they go ahead and give Sam Howell a shot later on in the year? I'll be curious to see how that one unfolds. Other than that, Bri, fun way to start the week. We'll have the Even Money podcast tomorrow where Steve and I will make our official season win total bets for the 2022 NFL season. Very exciting. I think we're done here. Uh-uh. Oh, Bri, I always forget. Thank you for your reminder. We've got the shout-outs. Mondays are tough, man. Pizza Boy Brewing. MyFrontPageStory.com, which is the greatest gift ever. Sportaculture, very cool gift. HumanHeadNYC.com, another cool gift. These are all good gifts. SteakhouseSports.com, with the season being here. My man Chris Aronchek. Evergreen Economics. And Go-Bangles.com, if you're a Bengals fan. I think we're done here now. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.